Hello, ski racing fans, and welcome to the American Downhiller Podcast, Season 3, Episode Number 6. Today's podcast is a special one as we are talking Cortina, the favorite speed venue for the women, and our guest is an up-and-coming star on the Steeple U.S. Women's Speed Team. I'm two-time Olympian Doug Lewis and actually raced Cortina back in my day. It was our last race before heading to Sarajevo, Yugoslavia for the 1984 Olympics. Joining us is Marco Sullivan, who I believe raced some fist races in Cortina back in the 90s. Unfortunately, AJ Kitt and Darren Rawls aren't able to join us this week as they are out coaching our next generation of American downhillers. As our special guest, we have a 21-year-old speed skier from Park City, Utah, who is on the C team, but probably close to being named to the A team after her first ever top 10 in World Cup last week in Altenmark in a Super G. She only has 16 World Cup starts, all in speed, and in 2022, she won the bronze medal in the Junior Worlds in the downhill. Please welcome Lauren Masuga. Lauren, where are you right now, and did you get to ski today? Hi, everybody, and I'm in Tobolsk, Italy, right outside of Cortina. We are actually taking the weekend off right now uh, in preparation for the World Cup. We also just finished some GS races out in uh, Pozza. Nice. Before we get into it, I want to help everybody with your name. Is it Masuga? But then your nickname is Coog. So explain how badly people pronounce your name. So looking at my name, it looks like Makuga, so, but pronounced Masuga by one of my coaches, Jay Hay, Park City. I've just kind of led into it. You see Masuga, Makuga, Coogs. And now on the hill, I'm just known as Coogs. <laughs> Nice. Let's go to your 10th in Super G. Describe that day because I watched it. It was a gnarly set, lots of DNFs. What do you remember about that day and that run? That day, well, we were supposed to have a hired start. It was super windy out and they lowered the start. And we had already done a race from that start two days ago. And I had some really good splits and some good skiing. I just had one mistake in the middle, which really cost me. Um, and that whole morning, like I woke up, I was feeling really good, which normally I'm just kind of like going about my day. But that morning I was feeling good, like inspecting. I was like, oh, this looked really fun. And I was like in hospitality, um, races started, I was watching and just picked up on a few key spots. So I was like, oh, that looks like it might get a little interesting for later. And those were the spots that were kind of taking out the other girls. And luckily when I got in the start, I don't really know what happened I just felt so good and they kicked out and nailed those tough spots but also like skied well in the other spots and it all kind of just came together were you surprised in the finish when you turned around and saw the number or were you kind of like yeah that that looks about right oh I was so surprised because it, did, it didn't feel that good I think because I was like trying so hard like it didn't feel good though and I came across the line all I could hear was the answer go oh my gosh I was like where is the where is the screen because I don't know I want to know how I did (laughs) (laughs) so how do you stay positive when you know it's challenging you know it's dangerous out there and it's taking a lot of women out how do you stay positive and attack well I stay positive I just I guess find what I'm good at like to like seeing these other girls I'm like oh I know 
like we've seen like comparing it to other courses that's what I kind of like to do if I see something challenging I like to compare it like oh this turn is similar to this turn in Kvitfell and I can ski that well I could ski it well here and kind of trying to find a positive outlook and just keep the positive attitude going I feel like that's a lot of uh when you're new to the world cup like you are I mean you've got to make yourself believe that you're good enough to be there right so you're like comparing it to all these past experiences and and that's pretty cool that it's coming together for you you guys just raced some fist races to get ready for Cortina what how how did that go was that a good prep <laughs> yeah it was it was very good prep I mean you know Poza is a super steep hill so it's nice to work on some technical GS I can't say like I was trying to do well but definitely not my strongest suit <laughs> I got it I didn't do anything phenomenal results wise, but using it as like a work on race day mentality and then also as a GS fundamentals for Cortina, like it was super great. And like, I'm feeling really good going into it, but sadly the results weren't really there, <laughs> but that's okay. We're not working on GS right now. I fought tooth and nail to keep my GS going. I raced Adelboden, I raced Alta Badia, not well. Uh, but, you know, I thought that it was the fundamentals of GS that was going to help me and separate me. Do you agree on that? Uh, and how often are you able to uh, ski GS? Yeah, actually, I really agree after this year. I So I'm actually on the GS Super G team for the like US ski team. So there's four of us. And this whole, the whole entire like summer, spring, fall prep period, we focused on a lot of GS and super G occasionally like downhill, like maybe just like four downhill days, but we were focusing on the fundamentals and it's really actually shown like my skiing has made a huge jump this season. And I believe it's actually super important for speed. You know, like some people think like, oh, you got to just keep doing speed, like work on getting faster. Like, yeah, that's great and all, but the fundamentals are way easier to work on in GS and transfer super easily into speed. That's really good to hear that you guys are working on those fundamentals. And I know when I was on the team, they tried to do that um, super G GS team kind of throughout the years, depending on who was on the team. But um, with what other women are, you said there's four of you on that team. Who, who is that? It's myself, Keely Cashman, Trisha Mangan, and Allison Mullen. Okay, cool. That's awesome. I think it's yeah. it's really interesting to me to hear how how the team gets kind of broken up each year and what coaches are dedicated to what and hopefully that GS Super G theme works well. Working for me and I hope they keep it around. Yeah, you're you're living proof right now that it's working. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your development as a speed skier. Was it always speed and when or when did you change over and fall in love with going straighter and faster? Well, I like through U14, U16, I always liked Super G. I mean, could, we couldn't do downhill till fifth year. So I never really knew until my first fifth year. And that year, like I was re actually really good at slalom. That was like I was crushing in slalom. So like, oh yeah, I'll try to be a slalom skier. I was picking up good GS throughout the year and then went to Schweitzer. I mean, you guys know Schweitzer. It's not really it's super hard downhill it's pretty flat but <laughs> did well there and Jay Hay uh he decided he was like oh let's go to Sugarloaf 
like Norm finals. It'll be your first Norm too. I was like, oh, this is this is super cool. And we show up there. Oh, it was the hardest surface I've ever seen. And they were like, it was set so fast and so straight. I was like, I've never even like done downhill. I don't know what I'm doing. And <laughs> they like the U.S. team was threatening to pull because they wouldn't change the course set because it was so hard. And I was like, well, if they're threatening pull, I don't know what I'm doing here. I ended up running the training run in and pants and a jacket. Next run with just the pants, and then after like a few tears today, I ended up racing and getting. I don't maybe tenth no somewhere around there that did well enough and that's how I made the team and I was like well you know for how scared I was it went really well maybe I could actually make this work and that's what I kind of decided that's what I want to go and I'm really happy with it because I really love it. <laughs> that's awesome. You have a very competitive family as I've found out when when you're coaching the. American Downhiller camp last year. You're t- telling us about your sisters and and your little brother trying to make it on the ski racing world. Can you tell us a little bit about the competitive scene with your siblings? Oh yes. So I am. I have three siblings. Uh, my older sister Sam is on the U.S. team for ski jumping, and she's actually currently in Zhao, Japan. She had a World Cup today. I actually think it got canceled, but she qualified the other day, which was super exciting. Uh, Allie, uh, she's my younger sister. She is competing in Val Malenko today, or no, Val Sankom. And in Moguls, she got, I think, fourth yesterday, seventh today at the World Cup. And Daniel, he's my youngest brother. He is uh, in Breckenridge competing, I think, at the university races or I think (laughs) and I think he has a race today or it was yesterday it's kind of a lot to watch but we are extremely competitive and somehow happen to get what could be in all the different sports hey Marco can you talk to the fact about her Noram where you know what let's run in coats can you talk about how you teach a progression to get comfortable in speed and is it okay to run in uh, pants or coats sometimes yeah absolutely I think that's you know, it's kind of frowned upon as being, um, I don't know, you always want to be like the fastest person out there and show that you're so tough that you can run in your suit. And But sometimes when you actually take a step back, maybe run a course in your clothes or even run a section of a course, if you're, if you're allowed to in training, um, you can really learn a ton and not have the stress of, of that. Just, I feel like when you put on your full skin suit, it's like, all of a sudden, you know, you're cold. There's only this little layer between you and the snow. And like, you know, it's like, it gets a little stressful. So if you can like be warm, slow yourself down a little bit and just think more about what the track looks like and what you can do, it can be really beneficial. I remember one year in Beaver Creek, we actually like got to section the course because there's something wrong with the upper part. And uh, we just got to run like the lower section for a training run. And I think we might've even had clothes on like the whole world cup. And all of a sudden we saw these lines that we had never really skied before when you had like full strength and you were not totally focused on just going the fastest ever. Um, it just opens up kind of a different way to look at the course. So yeah, I think in training for all levels, 
leave your clothes on for a run and then maybe you know strip start stripping down and go faster and faster and you actually pick, dissect the course a little bit better instead of just going like 100 percent right out of the gate and being scared and maybe not seeing the optimal line all the time hey lauren uh, i was lucky enough to be on your team at the american downhillers coaching um what surprised you when you coached for the American Downhillers camp in May and Mammoth, anything stand out as you being a coach now coaching the younger generation? The whole thing surprised me, I should say. <laughs> I had never seen so many kids like so eager to do speed. I mean, girl, I didn't do much of it, just kind of occasionally raced it. And it was super cool to see all these kids so excited about it. And the format of it, I have to say, like, a, still working your way into it, introducing it, and getting all these kids uh, super comfortable with, like, going for it. I, I, their kid, these kids were doing things that I was like, oh, I'm a little, like, I was like, I had to demonstrate this. I was like, oh, this is kind of looks a little, like, hard. And they were just out there, like, going through these wave tracks. I was like, right, like, go for it. Like, <laughs> it was super, it was super cool to see. They were really impressive for the whole thing. Yeah. Marco, you've done it so many years, but what surprised you when you got these kids out running speed and practicing it in a safe uh, way? I think similar to what Lauren said, like you, I'm always surprised at the level when you get dozens of kids out there pushing each other. It just naturally kind of builds up to a point where you're like, wow, these kids are all of a sudden like, going off this big jump without any hesitation and sending it into these certain features that we set for them trying to be challenging and it just looks pretty natural and i think that's uh, a testament to yeah a lot of the coaches we have out there like lauren who are keeping it fun keeping it you know showing that this is it doesn't have to be scary we definitely build into all the features and uh not there's not a lot of pressure to do to uh you know, do stuff if you don't feel like it but most of the kids I think don't really feel that pressure after they do it one or two times it's like it's all good and it's just really fun to see kids going fast and having fun hey Doug Lewis here and I want to talk about the American Downhiller Speed Camp American Downhiller is the leader in teaching young ski racers how to go fast and have fun 2023 will mark the sixth annual American Downhiller Speed Skills Camp in Mammoth Mountain our Speed Camp is coached exclusively by current and former World Cup racers and coaches who are passionate about helping the next generation of athletes achieve their dreams. We specifically focus on aerodynamics, jumping technique, speed tactics, and the mental training required to safely navigate Super G and downhill race courses. If you are a ski racer who wants to go fast, check out our website, americandownhiller.com, for all specific camp dates. Lauren, you're still developing as a speed uh, racer. What came easy, easy technically uh, for you in downhill? Like what clicked and then what are you working on technically in downhill? Right. Well, right now um, in downhill, I'm working on like, I have a tendency to go to the inside ski on these like bigger turns. That's what keeps causing me to lose time. And so I'm just working on the basics, getting over the outside ski and having a strong inside hit um okay busy I guess I guess tucking going fast I guess I've liked that I guess it helps that I'm like okay I gotta go fast 
<laughs> so this is, let's move to Cortina. Amazing hill. Uh, has just spectacular, legendary sections. You've raced the Super G, I think. How are you going to go in to learn this new course? What tools are you going to use? What people are you going to use so you can really learn it? So, I mean, this year and last year, I've spent a lot of time learning a bunch of courses. And I feel like I've really dialed down how to learn the course and then race the course. It's getting much easier to learn these new tracks. And last year, I did race it, but I was a little sick then. So it wasn't my greatest performance. But I'm glad that I've been there to say, like, I'm a little more confident going in this weekend than I was last year. I know what turns to look at where I like have my video. I know where I need to improve in the Super G, but I'm excited for the downhill to really finally look at that and race it. Cause I know like, I mean, all the girls, all my teammates are always like, Oh, like Cortina's coming. Like we're so excited for it. Like, like, ah, Cortina. So I'm really excited to really learn the track. And I think I've gotten better at like working with my coaches to know, I kind of learned, what they say and what I take well, like kind of taking the parts I like from what they say and using that better to like give me confidence when going into the first downhill training and really dialing the line so that I can work on improving the speed. I mean, I guess I'm just excited. It's such a fun track. <laughs> you, you talked about your teammates, everyone being excited for Cortina. I, I agree. I think it looks like a really cool course. Guys never raced it when I was around, but um speaking of the team like uh seems like you guys are having some success and you know, jackie's getting some points and bella's in there alice coming back from injuries and how are you guys how do you guys work together you feel like the vibe is good and just kind of the overall state of your crew right now i feel like everyone's doing great like i it's been such a fun year. I mean, going from just four of us last year to occasionally we're starting, I think, nine girls when Michaela's around, which is crazy, like, to have such a big American speed team back on the women's side. And it's been exciting. I mean, Jackie's return, it's super impressive. I mean, so is Alice. Both of their returns, like, Jackie jumping right in the points and Alice being able to go into these, like, tracks after three years, like, that's that's really impressive for both of them. So I think that's been bringing up a lot of spirits. And I mean, Bella has been skiing so well. And I mean, we've seen like Trish had some super fast splits and Keely's gotten to the points. I feel like it's been just a super exciting year. Like everyone occasionally like getting in there. And now we're just waiting for all of us to get in there. Kind of exciting. Like we're hoping the Americans start to get back in there and have a super strong team. I know we have a strong team, just we're going to perform one of these days. It's going to be good. Yeah, waiting to pop that big one in there and get up. That would be awesome to see all you guys like fighting mm -hmm. for that top 10. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, so that's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Laura and I coach a lot of young kids, and um, maybe their team atmosphere is not as tight. They get upset if their teammates have a good day and they don't. It seems like you guys are always smiling, always supporting each other. Where does that culture come from? And can you talk to the kids out there and say, it's actually good when your teammates do well because you can feed off it, right? Talk about that team spirit. Mm -hmm. 
we all get along okay I know it's an individual sport but you are on a team you do like when someone comes down and does well you have to be excited for them but you could also take it like if you didn't do so well that day you're like oh my god like in training I I'm right there with them like yeah they just got 10th today like and I the two days ago was like maybe like two like point two behind like that's like nothing if I can like take this mentality that I can see as good as them and they're doing this well I can also get in there kind of take the positives out of it like if they can do it I can do it kind of thing and I know like it's hard to be excited for someone when you had like a tough day I mean you may say when you have a tough day it's kind of like oh great like what now I gotta wait all day until tomorrow to even try again but you have all this is actually just a bunch of time it's good like you have time till tomorrow to figure out what you can do better like watch your friend's video they were faster than you use that you can you're gonna see like if it's speed you're gonna see the same course tomorrow watch with them maybe ask them what they did well like use you need to help each other and then that's what we do like i'm always asking these girls they've all seen it all these courses before i'm like how can i do this section better like the Super G day I got 10th, I asked me and I think Keely sat down with Jackie in hospitality and we're like, how are you so fast at the first split? She won the first split, the first Super G day. We're like, how did you do that? And she was like, well, this is like, did this and this coming in, skating and like tucking. We're like, okay, like, thank you. Like she, we all help each other and if we all help each other, we all do better. So That's cool. Love to hear that you girls are working together. <laughs> yep. All right. So you might be still working out your start routine, but talk, take us through the last 15 minutes of your start before a speed race. What's going on? So uh, I have found I don't like to watch many people. I'll watch the top 10 racers in hospitality, and then I won't watch any others. Like, I know they're good skiers, but I, if I watch the top 10 and I know they're, like, I know everyone's good, but I know that they won't have as many mistakes because they've been here many times before. So I like to watch them and be like, oh, I can ski like that. And then I won't watch anyone else. Even if there's, like, a change in the course and people are like, oh, it's getting a little bumpy. I'm like, no, no, no. If they skied it, like, if they, they like, said they skied it that way, I'm going to ski it that way. Not watch anyone else. And I found... Of like I start listening to music is a little like kind of distraction, kind of switches up. Um and just kind of do a few. I have a little like leg swings, lunges, like a little movement. And then I like to just dial in and focus. I don't really talk to anyone else, get a little course report, and just kind of focus in and then I go. Simple as that. Marco, I felt like my start routine changed throughout my career. You know, it was a little happy-go-lucky first, and then I got a little serious, and then I combined it. Do you have stories of your your start routine changing, or what was most important for your start routine? I, I think I, I agree. Mine changed a bit throughout my career, but I always wanted to um, – I, I really like to ski a lot in the morning before – the race which I think was maybe a little unusual like I would after inspection I'd go try and knock out a few free runs and um, just be warming up skiing rather than 
standing in the lodge doing the core routine or whatever like wanted to be out there get some wind in my face and then um i was probably i probably watched too much i always like to see um a few racers on the tv but then like lauren said you know sometimes the course will change you'll hear different things and i'd be like maybe watch a guy and see them make a mistake and maybe that would get in your head a little bit you know i probably should looking back on my races i probably should have just stuck to like you know watching a couple of good guys and then cementing that image in your head or watching no guys remember we were talking to uh didier kush last week and him and darren were saying they didn't like to watch at all like they wanted to be in the driver's seat and do their own plan and not watch other guys they didn't want that to dictate what they were doing so um yeah that shows like a lot of confidence i think i guess we're all different and i definitely was different throughout my career but uh i don't know if i ever had that rock solid routine it's always changing Doug Lewis here. If you are a U12, U14, or U16, Elite Team Fitness Camps are for you. This is not your average fitness camp as we teach the vital skills of sports psychology and sports nutrition, along with tough, challenging workouts. You will leave camp with more power, strength, and agility, with a deeper understanding about nutrition, and with the mental skills of confidence, focus, and pushing limits, which will take you to the next level. Over our 30 years, we have coached Olympic champions, World Cup stars, NCAA champions, including US ski teamers, Michaela Schifrin, Lauren Masuga, Alice Merriweather, Jimmy Krupka, Grace Henderson, and Sammy Worthington. And finally, although we push our limits to the edge, we have a ton of fun. We are holding two week-long sessions this July at the Killington Mountain School. Find all the info at EliteTeam.com. So Lauren, um, it's part of the sport, but you've had a couple injuries what did you learn about yourself uh, in your comebacks from those injuries? Well, my biggest injury was I broke my fibula in my first international race at the Youth Olympics in Lausanne. So that was a tough start to my international competition. And, but it, I guess it was good for me. It, like, it really showed me that I wanted to come back. I wanted to do this. Like, it was almost frustrating to be not be able to compete but seeing all your friends compete but it kind of it showed me like what work you have to put in to be to be one of the best like and injury is part of the sport like you can't you can't hide from it it happens to everyone it's just part of the game you can't be afraid of that and I mean every day I go out there there is a chance of anything happening and I I mean, sometimes it can get in your head and I know if it does, if anything does happen, I'll just work twice as hard and come back from it. But no, it definitely showed me that I want to be here and I want to come back and it's hard. <laughs> that is hard work. You might think working out and doing like a super hard workout where you're running, I don't know, shuttle runs or something, even like running the beat test, you're like, oh, that's, that's hard right there. No, no, no working out coming back from injury that is always the most impressive moment for I think some people it's crazy you see them working so hard it's always the most exciting thing when you see them get back in a gate and they're crushing it so a uh, very similar story my first world cup I crashed into a chairlift tower and broke my back so not a great start to my world cup career oh my god 
However, again, just like you, super motivating once I got through the sadness and I stopped crying, uh, super motivating. And I learned two things. Number one, I needed to be stronger, tougher, stronger, fitter, faster. And that never changed throughout my career. So I used that as a lesson. Secondly, I figured out when to push it. Well, I was pushing it skating to the start, right? I was, it was a competition. So mm -hmm. I learned about, hey, when do I up the ante and when do I don't? So taking those injuries and getting better and learning something is super important. It's the, a real test of if you want to do the sport or not. Like once you are laying in that hospital bed and you're like, do I really want to go back and like do that again? You instantly know. I feel like most of us are like, yeah, get me back out there. And that's, I don't know what that instinct is, but we all love ski racing and competing and but I wanted to ask Lauren, when I first met you, you were wearing a bucket hat and you're wearing a bucket hat now. I'm wondering, do you travel with like a whole bag of those or is that your only one? Oh, I have a few. <laughs> I'm a big bucket hat girl. I do have, I think, four with me, five maybe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. If you've ever dreamed of going to Wengen or Kitzbühel to watch the classic World Cup downhills, the ADL Ski Club is for you. Their small group trips are geared for passionate skiers and big race fans. They take you to the heart of ski racing's biggest races at the Laberhorn, Honenkamp, and Schladming Night Slalom. Our own AJ Kid has been on both the Wengen and Kitzbühel trips. The ADL has a ton of special access passes to the races, parties, and athletes which make the Ski World Cup unique among all professional sports. Now is the perfect time to get your name on the list for this year's Bengen Lauberhorn trip or next year's kids trip. Visit ADL Ski Club, that's ADLSkiClub.com and reach out to them to secure your spot. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you were super fast as at the young age. How did you stay focused through maybe finishing 10th or 22nd and not being the superstar as a youngster. How did you keep the focus long-term and keep working? Well, I, I wasn't always winning. There were a few years where I was doing well, I think U14, but then like U16, I was nothing special. Like I just, I, I made nationals, yeah, but I didn't, there was nothing. I was just kind of like, oh, just another girl out there. Um, but I, really i just kind of had fun and it it was just something i enjoyed doing but then when i hit fist i was like oh like people started talking about college racing and honestly i didn't even know there were where there was a u.s team to make i was just kind of there for fun i'd never really watched a ski race like it just kind of was something i enjoyed doing and i mean wasn't i wanted to win of course but it was just kind of happening and then this year, I did start winning and doing well, and then I was like, "Oh, like this is a real like, I like I am I already do enjoy this, but this is kind of like really fun when this is going well." And then my coach told me, "Is like, oh, you can like make the U.S. ski team." I was like, "Oh, well, I really want to do that now." And it kind of just became it kind of ignited my really competitive side. To be like, "Oh, I well now I want to start doing really really well." I was like, "Come on!" And like my siblings also, I guess. That also helped ignite it because I think like that year or the year before, Sam made the U.S. team and I think Allie and Dan were both doing well. And then I started being like, all right, no, I'm like kind of competing against them. I want to do well. Like I want to take this somewhere. And then it kind of just built off of me having fun. 
Critical. Critical is always have fun. <laughs> that is for sure. And uh, tough days can be fun as well because number one, you get mm -hmm. to ski. Every day you ski is, yep. is fun. <laughs> Um, you can learn something from every uh, race. I talk to a lot of young uh, athletes and they have distractions, whether it's their competitors, their parents, the weather. How do you deal with distractions? Do you have a plan for each one? How do you keep calm when something comes up that could distract you? I like to almost di divert myself. Like if someone's bothering me, if I'm at the start and I don't, like what they're talking about I'll walk away or like if anyone like starts saying things like I don't really like hearing too much about the course or if there's like a hold I don't I don't want to know why that just kind of can affect your confidence so I'll just walk away and go in my own world and if someone's being annoying just walk away and like weather well I guess you kind of have to just I like to trick myself almost I'm like oh it's it's dark. I can see really well. If it's snowy, oh, I'm good at skiing in the snow. I have no idea if I'm good at that. I just kind of like, kind of have to convince myself of these things and be like, give yourself almost that false confidence to give. I mean, you're doing a speed, you're going super fast. You need all the confidence you can get. And if you can pull it off those little things that might be causing some other competitors doubt, it's kind of like a little advantage. So we're watching video at night. Who are the Europeans that you watch and why? Well, we were watching Laura Goot the other day and the Super G, I mean, she has incredible like technical uh, approach. Actually, just everything. She's very good. I mean, obviously she's very good, but you're also like looking at her talk. She's able to get so low and it's super impressive how much like how aerodynamic she is so like looking at that trying to compare myself like if we were in a wind tunnel she'd be beating me she was hands down better time so like taking like those little things being like what can I do here what can I do there and I mean occasionally like we'll kind of switch it up I really like watching uh Federica Brignone I mean she some of the turns she could pull off are incredible it's because she's so technically like sound like her technical skills she can whip off like a downhill ski and do like a super G or into a GS turn. You're like, that's insane. So I like to kind of go between those two. And I've actually recently started watching Ragmo. Um, she, I really like her skiing. It's very, very, and she's very put together, very sound athlete. And I think it's, it's nice to watch because she's just, it's almost all like, perfect I guess <laughs> and I know like she has been working on getting the speed back and it is coming back actually which has been very exciting um and I just yeah, I like watching her it's very nice to watch and be like oh I like I can do that like she makes it look so easy those are active heroes who did you grow up thinking I wanted to be like who did you watch <laughs> growing up as the person that inspired you well, it might be an obvious answer, but Lindsey Vaughn. <laughs> I have always been the biggest fan. I I mean, it was always so cool. I mean, she's the best, like, she was so cool. And then I actually got to meet her, like, and she was just even cooler in person. I was like, wow, this is, like, so cool. And it's actually been super nice. And, I mean, she's been super friendly. She reached out to me after the 10th in Super G, which was 
so big, so exciting. I was like, oh, thank you. So, no, I like watching her. I'll actually, for some of the tracks, like the new tracks, I'll go look for her runs there. So last question, Lauren, what is your advice? What do you say to that U14 who has big goals, uh, but maybe not has the speed right now? What's your advice to them? To keep going. I, I, it took me up until my first year fist at, it can take a while, but if you like want it to happen and you're willing to put in the work, you will see the results. You kind of, you just have to keep pushing on, <laughs> look for the positives in it and have fun. And like, if you're putting in the work, it'll give back. Lauren, talk about your sponsors. What do you ski on? Uh, what are your goggles? What are your glasses? Talk about your equipment. Okay, I am a Robignol athlete for skis. I got M boots. They've been, I've actually been with them, I think forever. Never really tried anything else and it's been working great. They've been great to me. I'm using Swix poles, uh, shred protection, which has been great. Uh, just started with Giro helmet halfway last year. I really love and pit viper goggles <laughs> you don't see those around actually actually I don't actually they're really new <laughs> kind of they're kind of fun because it's a little like statement piece you know they're not just like black or white got some color currently I'm wearing the lightning ones I may or may not be showing up with some new ones to Cortina so I got oh. my first head sponsor I got my first head sponsor who is it it's Polsonelli they're a law firm they actually uh, Palmer, one of our athletes, was at the American Downhiller camp. Um, the my connection, his son, was there. So it was super exciting to to get to see him again. And uh, now they're also my head sponsor. So exciting! <laughs> Thanks, Coogs, which is Lauren Lestuga. Uh, ski fast at Cortina. Have the best time, and we can't wait to see what you can do on that incredibly legendary slope. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. WEND produces a sophisticated line of ski and snowboard waxes for use by skiers, riders, racers, and shops. The current WEND snow wax formulations have come from over 50 years of progressive blend reformulation and on-slope and in-lab testing. This has been in conjunction with the feedback of some of the world's top ski and snowboard athletes. Athletes who know real speed, like Kitzbühel champ Darren Rolfs, and 2019 Birds of Prey GS champion, Tommy Ford. WEN no longer sells any products containing fluorocarbon compounds and instead utilizes natural, plant-derived and or biodegradable additives that substantially increase the overall eco-friendliness of the WEND Snow Wax product line. Give WEND a follow on Instagram at WEND Waxworks and purchase your WEND products at WENDPerformance.com. And don't forget to use the code ADH20 for 20% off your purchase. Thanks for listening to our American Downhiller podcast. And special thanks to Lauren the Coogs Masuga, who just had her first top 10 on the World Cup, and she has her sights set high. Watch out in 2026 for her to be a medal threat at the Olympics in Cortina. Please spread the word about the podcast, share with your friends, coaches, teammates, and your club. You can find us on either Spotify, Apple, or on the YouTube channel. 
And thanks to our American Downhiller sponsors, ADL Ski Club, Wend Wax, Elite Team Fitness Programs, and American Downhiller Camps. Stay tuned for more American Downhiller podcasts to come. For AJ, Darren, and Marco, thanks for listening.